How do you do? Mr. Carl Emily feels it would be a little unkind to present this picture without just a word of friendly warning. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to... Uh, well, we've warned you. Atomic batteries to power. Fat robots hunting down Fat Albert with a Cosby kid. It sounded good at the time, but I don't see this working out. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell are you, what? buddy? I don't know. Who is this irresistible creature who has an insatiable love for the dead? Long shot, Ken. I see this whole segment going wrong. Big Papa P. Just sitting out in the air and gathering flies. <laughs> There's another dude, I forget. Dan. He didn't call a person. He called a guy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Loud Idiots Radio Broadcast, your source for comic books, sci-fi, horror, fantasy, professional wrestling, and all the various and diverse elements of geek culture. So strap yourself to your chair, pull open your ears, and grab your D20 tight, because the show is about to begin. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's, I don't even know what time it is. I am totally shot and messed up with this whole quarantine thing, but for the first time in a long time, we are the Loud Idiots. I'm Longshot Ken. I'm Big Papa Pete. And I'm Big Dog Den. Guys, it's been a long time. Actually, it's been a long time since we've been together. Yeah, as a group, I think the last time we helped out our friends, uh, Blue Movie, uh, at a venue, at a show back in October. Yep. Yep. Good times. Good times. That was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, it was a big Halloween bash, a lot of great music, and we got to help host the, uh, the event, uh, all in costume. A lot of people showed up in costume. It was, uh, it was fun. It was almost like being at a convention. Do you remember what conventions are like? Conventions. I've heard of those. Conventions. Those are those, uh, those online things where, like, you, you tune into YouTube or Twitch or whatever, and there's a bunch of people doing things. Yeah, and you still have to pay to get in. Yeah. For some reason. There's always a bouncer at the door. Damn it. Oops, sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> I miss gatherings. <laughs> I do. I really, really do. I miss uh, the mead. I, I, you know what? I've missed you guys, actually. Ditto. Yeah, I've been okay. Yeah, so. you, you, I, I gather. I, I figured you, you would just be all right with this. Yeah. Um, no, but you know what? We're gonna try this. We're, we're back, and uh, we got some really cool stuff lined up for the, for the next few shows. We, we're gonna be talking. Yeah, we're gonna be talking to some old friends and some newer friends. And uh, actually, tonight we have one of those newer friends. I got a chance to sit down and talk to James Murray from Impractical Jokers about the new book in his trilogy, Awakened. Uh, the new book's called Obliteration, and it comes out this week, and I'm really kind of excited for it. Very nice. Yeah. Actually, Pete, um, you were one of those guys that I think helped uh, originally turn me on to Impractical Jokers. Yeah, that that all came through the Monkey Boy. Monkey Boy was a big fan, is a big fan of Impractical Jokers, and you know, it it, it just uh it just makes it all the better that they're uh, local to the uh, tri-state area for us. 
Yeah. Now, Den, have you ever seen the show? You got to forgive my age. I believe I have, but I can't swear to it. It's uh, it's a it's a show about a group of uh, four friends that have known each other for years, and it's them essentially making them do crazy, stupid stunts for for points in in a game. Yeah. Okay. Just, miss it. Nope. Don't know that. Merci- <laughs> yeah, mercilessly practical practical joking each other. Yeah. Oh my uh, God! Uh, actually, uh, when we got to talk to to Murr about two years ago, uh, Pete was uh, was with me during it. We were talking about the the book Awakened, and he had just kind of started spilling the beans uh, that there was a movie. They had just finished wrapping a movie, which actually came out last year, and um, hysterical. Did anybody, uh, Pete, were you able to see the movie yet? Or I, I was not. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought it came out this year just ahead of the uh, oh, the whole COVID thing. That's right. That's right. It did. It did. I think it came out in like February. And then with everything going on, uh, they did they they did the push and did the the video on demand release about uh, two months ago. That was smart. Yeah. Again, part of the reason why this is all screwing with me because normally a movie comes out and then it takes a couple of months for it to come out on you know video on demand and all that stuff you know and I'm so I'm just you know I'm just shot with my with my timetables on, on when all this happened. Oh, not for nothing. My entire standards are shot when it comes to things like that now because the industry's changed on its head. I'm 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 curious to see what's going to happen when it's over and if movie theaters actually start to reopen. I don't care. I'm going to see the last Bond in a theater. With full wraparound sound, I will not be denied. <laughs> well, you might be in a, you, you might be happier to hear that it looks like the pushback release in November actually got changed again, and it's going to be coming out earlier. <laughs> there is a God, and he carries a Walther. <laughs> <laughs> and that Walther turns into Megatron. <laughs> that was a Luger. Kind of, it's the best kind of Walther. One, one of the one of the things that I've been able to do during all this is go down a, a YouTube rabbit hole, which is going to sh- uh, actually show up in a future episode with another guest that we have. One of the things that I've been loving, I found a, a guy on YouTube that pretty much does all retrospectives of old toys and you know stuff that was planned that never happened and histories of like individual like toy properties. And one of them I was watching, it was just all about knockoff toys from uh, '80s lines. So it was like all of like the, the, the knockoff Masters of the Universe ones that apparently Mattel went to court with a, with some of these companies over. Yep. And one of them was hysterical because they were showing like – and God, I don't even know when – this had to be like I guess much later. But one of them was like a Transformers knockoff line and it was some sort of vehicle in its robot form. And in the center of the chest was the face of Thomas the uh, Tank Engine. <laughs> I'm yeah, not going to offend one, one in the uh, franchise. I'm going for two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to catch them when they're young and slightly older. <laughs> Isn't the purpose of doing the knockoff toys to do it as cheapy, cheaply as possible? Make yeah. it as quick. These guys were innovative. They did two generational things in one or two, you know, toddler phase and, you know, uh, yeah, youngin. <laughs> but the whole, the whole, that whole segment of the industry relies on people not being smart enough to tell the difference between anything. You know, not being discerning enough to say, "Hey, you know what? My toddler will enjoy this again as as he grows up." 
doesn't make it to the second one. You know how you have pass me down toys from brother to sister? Yeah. You know, does one of those actually survive? The answer is no, because there were cheap knockoffs. Ah, okay. I don't think a lot of those were made to, to last long. I remember seeing stuff like that in like bargain bins at like discount thrift shops. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's what we've got dollar store for now. Even then, you don't see a lot of those at the dollar store anymore. You got no. a point. Actually, I'm seeing a lot of licensed stuff at the dollar store. Yeah. Yeah. It, complete flip. It went from knockoff central to uh, legitimate enterprise. Or at least, unless the packaging's just fooling us. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've seen, a lot of, I've seen a lot of WWE stuff with the hologram. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Little hologram, but, you know. It is a hologram. I may have to take a trek over to a dollar store now. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing good. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's just <laughs> officially crap. It's just official crap. <laughs> I haven't I haven't been to one in uh since this began. So I don't know whether or not are they open? Oh yeah. Okay. They sell essential goods like toilet paper. That's back in stock. Ah. <laughs> but it's a dollar store, so it's not the kind you want. Nothing wrong with dollar store toilet paper, man. Oh, I, I've got plenty of it, and I personally may not have a problem with it, but I know my, my uh, rear end does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, y'all got sensitive heinies. <laughs> I do. I, in my old age, I plead for that one. Yes, yes, yes. I plead the fifth <laughs> or four one. So how are we all doing in our bunkers, by the way? Yeah, we're we're out of the uh, Loud Idiot compound and in our own private Loud Idiot yeah. bunkers. This hit us when we were dispersed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mine's properly suited. Got plenty of alcohol. You know, Everclear and a little bit of aloe, you got yourself a natural sanitizer there. And if you don't use the aloe or don't mind that taste, you know, hey, you got, you know, a two-shot uh, drunk on. <laughs> I was going to I was gonna say, what are you, sanitizing your, your intestinal system? I want to be sensitive inside and out. That's what the aloe's for. No wonder why the dollar store toilet paper's really hurting you. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> uh, uh, I got good reads. I got my video games, all of two of them, um, <laughs> that I'm playing. <laughs> I'm slow that way. What have you been playing? Oh, come on. Forever Quest. Okay. And I play a uh, mobile game called Golf Clash. Golf ah. Clash is fun. Golf Clash is pretty fun. Hey, Pete, so. <laughs> hey, Pete how, how, how have you been passing the time? I know you uh, started getting back into a bit of a video game kick. I, uh, I got started on uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, finally. And? And I'm digging it. That is, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's Rockstar for you, man. They, they've made a beautiful world for you to play around in. I love the first game. I, I got uh, maybe about three hours into the second and um one of the things i was just shocked about was it is the largest game i've ever installed on my playstation oh yeah that's for sure hey dan this game to install is a hundred gigabytes holy wow (laughs) yeah wow i respect that we call that epic and then and then you still have to and then and then you still have patch updates downloadable content oh my god well ken but what have you been playing i went in the opposite direction i've been taking a big step back and playing a whole bunch of old older console games Pitfall, uh, I went back. 
<laughs> I said I said older, not old old. Um, I've been having fun. Uh, right now, my living room has a PS4, a PS3, and an Xbox 360 in it. And even with those, I'm still playing older generation games on those consoles. So, like, I, I've been going back and playing a whole bunch of like old role playing games and and medieval fantasy stuff. I went back and revisited uh Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance. Anybody been doing any binge watching? I started a whole bunch of old series that I uh, never got into, and I'm still kind of going through. I got through four seasons of Smallville. I never watched that really before. Oh, I'm sorry. You, yeah, well, well, you're the one who gave me my update, so <laughs> I didn't know that. What about you guys? What are you? What, what have you been watching? The Last Kingdom, dude. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. You got a lot of. You got primarily it's a historical drama in England uh, surrounding the four separate kingdoms. King Albert, uh, great swordsmanship. The Danes, the Danes, the Danes. Even though they're the quote unquote <laughs> bad guys, I love the Danes. <laughs> you gotta admire the heathen. But yeah, no, check it out. Last Kingdom, highly recommended. I'm gonna go back and watch it again. Cool. Hey Pete, so catch, so catch us up on, on what you've been uh watching too. Uh you know what? I completely forget what I uh what I was watching in the first half of all this. But recently, the last couple of weeks, I've finally been catching up on Agents of Shield. Really? Yeah. How? Okay. Have you have you seen all of them yet? Not all of them. I'm uh, I'm probably a couple episodes from the end of season six. Is that Cree or not Cree? It's post Cree. Post Cree. This is uh, this is where we've got what's her name the uh, the Aztec deity that's uh, jumping oh, from oh. body to body. Okay, don't tell me anymore because I have not caught up. Okay. Ah, okay. I, I totally gave up on that uh, during the that, the Ghost Rider run. The Ghost Did Rider you see one inconsistencies and was it editing performance or storyline in that? Because it For, went high low and I, I was parts of it I liked, but other aspects I was severely disappointed in. Personally, for me, I thought it started off good, but it just seemed like it got tedious and a little boring for me. Didn't but that's just like they didn't that was me. Where to go with it? Like, uh, what do we do? Yeah, yeah, Pete and I got into a discussion about that a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I, I might have to give it a, a, another shot. Yeah, it was it was a it was an interesting way of dealing with the whole Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider storyline. It's, I mean, it is what it is. It's not bad. Uh, I, I, I think the whole series really fell off from its premise. I've always had a problem with, uh, the way people complain about S.H.I.E.L.D. and how it fits into the Marvel, uh, cinematic universe. You know, to me, I never, I never had a problem with it. I've you always know, loved S.H.I.E.L.D. because they are the, uh, the logically illogical. You know they're there, you know they're in the background, you know they carry some big gloves, okay? But when they step in and how they step in, you never friggin' know. Yeah. You know? And I've always enjoyed that aspect of it. So I would have expected to have a little bit in the first season one, we had a lot of that zaniness in it, but then they had to follow with the movie arcs. So, yeah. And... And I thought that put a heck of a stress on it under the situation. I thought they did very well at first. Uh, 
from hydrofolding and the recovery and so forth, but then it went a little bit sideways. Yeah. The, uh, I, I think my only complaint with the way it's integrated into the movie universe was the way they had to tread water until we got the big, uh, Winter Soldier reveal. Yep. Like they, they had to wait for the movie to come out before they could do their reveal. And that, that hurt, but it wasn't that big of a deal to me. I was, uh, I found it a little weak the way, uh, they kind of half-heartedly, and I don't even know if you've gotten to this part yet, but the way they kind of half-heartedly, uh, tried to basically just name drop Thanos into it. Nah, I haven't gotten that one yet. Yeah, basically we, we have, uh, we have one character showing up and it, it's, it's essentially, well, if you're not ready for this, you're not ready for, uh, the threat that's on its way to your planet. Okay. His name's Thanos. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and we, we go nowhere from that. It's like, they get, they get distracted and I guess all of Endgame and, uh, Infinity War takes place while S.H.I.E.L.D. is distracted with other stuff. Okay. <laughs> well, on that note, we're, uh, we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna cut to, uh, to our guest for the, for the evening, uh, James Murray to talk about obliteration. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan, brother man. Absolutely. Alright, guys, thanks for sticking around. We'll be back right after this. All right, long shot Ken for non-productive. I have the absolute honor of having one of my favorite impractical jokers and now a really awesome author. We have James Murray. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, bud? Good to see you again. I'm doing great, bro. Um, I loved Awakened. I thought it was a really cool new age, you know, supernatural story with a lot of thrills and it kept me guessing and like it kept me turning pages the whole way through. That's great. The first time we got to talk about Awakened, though, um, I know I didn't air it, but you you almost had a near-death experience from what I, I can remember. We we were uh, on on the highway doing like 70 miles an hour. <laughs> Excuse me one second. I got my, my dog is biting my feet as right <laughs> off camera. This is what it's like to stop, Penny, stop. She's literally trying to tug my sock off my foot. I'm nice. sorry. Uh, this is <laughs> Uh, so she, uh, uh, we were on the highway doing 70 miles an hour. I was in Ohio, uh, they're building the set for, we built a haunted house based on the first book. It was the awakened experience, we called it. And fans went through the whole haunted house based on the scenes, uh, the, the sets from the book, you know, like a subway tunnel, the, uh, the car itself, the creature's nest. And, uh, and then my Uber driver just smacked right into the back of a car at 70 miles an hour. And, the airbags went off everything, but it was pretty scary. Uh, the books are scarier, but it was pretty scary. I was nervous for you because I was kind of on the other side of that call, and I was like, oh, my God, we lost Murr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the reception uh, initially for the first book I heard was phenomenal, and it was enough that you guys are now up to your third book. We had Awakened. We uh, Then we had The Brink last year and now Obliteration, yep. which is out this week. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what we can look forward to going into this? So, so obliteration is the culmination of the trilogy, but you don't have to have read the first two books to know what's going on and to love the book. We catch you right up. And, uh, it's basically, uh, in obliteration, the former mayor of New York, Tom Cafferty, has to team up with his arch nemesis, this evil shadowy figure called, uh, Albert Van Ness, uh, because only the two of them together can stop the rise of these 
prehistoric underground creatures that are smarter than us, scarier than us, evolve quicker than we do, and uh, they have to work together to take down the real apex predator on the planet. It is fast-paced, action-packed. You flip the page, you can't stop turning it. Uh, you got to love it. It's like the best summer reading you're ever going to have, and uh, and you don't have to have read the first two books to know and love this book. Now, uh, tell us uh, a little bit. How have you been handling the quarantine too with this? And how is how is being able to promote the book? Has it helped or hurt it a little bit for you? It's, it's interesting. I, I it's helped writing. That's for sure. Uh, because I had nothing but time to write. You know, we can't film Jokers at the moment, but we're filming a a new show called Impractical Jokers Dinner Party from Home. So we film that every week. We aired on Thursday nights on True TV at ten. Uh, so that's been fun. But we had to postpone our tour too. We're supposed to be on the road touring. Right. So having all this time has done a couple of things. It's led to a lot of new books. So I have, other than Obliteration, I have five new books coming out after Obliteration that have nothing to do with the Awakened Trilogy. They're all standalone thrillers. And then uh, I've been doing a lot of writing. I've been planning our my wedding. My, my fiancé and I are getting married in the fall. That's Congratulations. What, I, I, I look and I'm like, how the hell would I have gotten all this stuff done if I wasn't home this much, you know? Right, right. Well, let me ask you, too. Um, when we first talked, you had told me the, the, the headaches and the pratfalls and the hardships of what it was to just get awakened published yeah. and out there. Uh, you worked with Harper Collins. You got three books out now. You, you, you got, yeah, yeah, you had the, uh, three, uh, the uh, three book deal, but now you're talking about five more books. Like, yeah. did some, do you have a fire lit up under you now after all this? Uh, no, yeah, no, it's, it's, our fan base is so supportive of everything the guys and I do that it, it, when you go into a meeting and you have this kind of incredible fan base that loves the guys and I and supports everything we create, whether it be Sal's stand-up comedy or Joe's charity work or Q's beer company or my novels, it, it adds a lot going into a meeting. You know what I mean? It, it, it puts a lot on the table that I, I can offer a publisher. And the ideas are – I think the ideas are the easy part because ideas – I can come up with ideas all day long, you know, and, and, um, and that's the, the hardest part, of course, is writing the damn things because that, that it has to be great. It, you can't, there can be no, you can't ever, if the, ever let the fans down. They, they, they're invested so much in what the guys and I do. And I think it's so much of Jokers is really good work that I never want anything I produce or create to be less than that bar. So I, I really, hardest part is after you write the book, you get to the end and you're like, what the hell did I just write? And you start back from page one, from literally word number one, and you go through word by word by word to make sure it's exactly right and punches and builds and feels the right way for the reader and is giving the reader what they want or what they need or what they don't expect, you know? So uh, I, I take a huge personal responsibility in making sure these books are excellent and in, in just immensely readable. Tell me a little bit about also what, what it's like collaborating with Darren. Darren's great. He's a great guy. He's uh, We're the same age. We love the same movies and TV shows. He's a huge horror thriller fan. Uh, he's all around great guy. And him and I have like good complementary skill sets. He's very good at description and world building. I'm very good at dialogue and plot and space. So together we make one decent writer. <laughs> Now, moving forward uh, with these next projects you have, are these going to be solo or will you be collaborating again? Uh, three of them are one, two, two of them. The next two are with Darren. And then three of them are a children's book series, a comedy thriller series. 
with an employee of mine. Uh, her and I created the books together and uh, just uh, finished the first one. Very cool. Also, congratulations with the Impractical Jokers movie. It seemed like there was a little bit of a hardship about how that was getting released. We filmed it in 2018 and finished it in that summer. And then um, there was all sorts of kind of twists and turns in the distribution of the movie. And we were fortunate enough, thank God, to have gotten it out in theaters. We were, we played for two weeks in wide release before the theater shut down. So at yeah. least I got two weeks, man, on the big screen. I, 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 I was able to get out and see it. I loved it. Oh, thanks. That punishment at the end is real. I, <laughs> I, I climbed out on a plane while it was in the air. Oh, my God. Well, I got to tell you, as much as I, I love you on the show, too, I think the one bit that stood out the best for me was uh, Joe in the uh, in the uh, cavern. That That is based on – so my Awakened trilogy right. is uh, inspired in many ways by Aliens, by my favorite movie, The Descent. And in the Joker's movie, the scene you're talking about is the guys and I – making fun of the movie The Descent, where Joe has been trapped in a cave system since the mid-'80s. Yep. You know, pale, and his ears are pointy. He's got a bald head. Uh, that's one of my favorite moments. It, it's the same homage to the movie The Descent, as in my books. That that film, I think, has to be one of the greatest contemporary horror films to come out within the last 20 years. I, just, I agree. Just the, the uh, sense of uh, claustrophobia as the film progresses, like you actually feel like you're in there with those people, like gasping for air points. It's crazy. I, I agree. I loved it. It's probably top three favorite horror movies of mine of my entire life. And uh, the only one in recent time that I think is as good was The Arrival. I don't know if you saw that one. Uh, just because I didn't see it coming. How they, they It was a great sci-fi film. It was really good. Well, let me put you on the spot because you are a, a horror fan too. Classic Universal monster. You specifically Universal as in yeah. a Universal problem? Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, they. Uh, I was really excited. I was really excited for them launching this uh, monsters universe. You know, uh, and they tried it with the Mummy, and it didn't work. It didn't take off. Uh, uh, I was excited to see a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde movie, and it didn't go. Um, I guess Frankenstein is a classic universal monster. James Whale's direction. I think it's one of the, the, the top. Yep. Um, now, the other thing, too, is I think we had mentioned it. Is there a possibility, with the, at least with this uh, Awakened franchise or series, that uh, we're going to see anything come to screen? Or I think we might have teased a possible comic book, too. Uh, that's the plan. It's always the plan. Any, anytime we write these books, the plan is always to develop it as a TV show or movie based on that, you know? So uh, as soon as we reopen everything, I'm back out to pitching. <laughs> so. Awesome. Awesome. I was just hoping that we might have heard that we might have some progression. So I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm definitely rooting for you. Listen, I, I know uh, you're on your uh, virtual tour now for the book uh, yeah. today. I'm not going to keep you. I'm sure you got a lot of stuff going on. I do want to thank you for hanging with us today. It, the, the book is obliteration. It's available. Get it. Order it. You know, any every service, right? Online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Yeah, anywhere books are sold. And you can also go to mer.eventbrite.com in order to get an autographed copy and to attend the virtual book launch from my actual home. Any chance of uh, another one of those virtual tours uh, where you go through the haunted house? Oh, that was incredible from what I saw online. Like any chance of anything wild, dude, it's never been done. Like, like for like, you would never see, it just has never happened that an author has launched a book by building a haunted house. So you can experience the book 
physically uh, as well as dive into it when you read it. And it was wild. I would love to do that again. Last year we did a book telethon. This year we're doing a virtual launch, which is unique, but I have special guests dialing in for the virtual launch. It's going to be unlike any other virtual book launch ever done as well. That's amazing. Uh, Murr, thanks again for hanging with us. The book is obliteration. Get it now. And how else can our fans find out what's going on with you? You go to murr.eventbrite.com to get an autographed copy of the book, or you can go to uh, fountainbookstore.com in order to get an autographed copy and a poster as well. Uh, or, find, you know, we're easy to find on social media. Look us up. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I was so happy that you were able to spend some time with us, and I'm excited for the book. I'm excited for everything else you have going on. I can't wait to get my hands on all of it. Dude, you have a great night. Thanks. All right. I want to give a special thank you again to, to James Murray. Remember, too, you got to get obliteration. It's out this week. Releasing June 23rd, right? Yes, it's Tuesday. And depending on when you're listening to this, it's, it might even be out already. So go get it. Actually, yes. it is out. So go get it. But yeah, no, guys, like this is so much fun being back talking to you guys again, being able to hang out like this, even if it has to be like this right now. As uh, Dan cordially reminded us all earlier, uh, you know, the band's back together. Yes, sir. And, uh, the boys are back in town. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what Frank was thinking over at the non-productive studio when he when he greenlit this. <laughs> Foolish mortal. Podcast <laughs> <laughs> for content. <laughs> Bring those idiots back. Five minutes a week, dudes. <laughs> He's like, just bring those idiots back. We need something un- 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 until we find something better. <laughs> what was that line of Starship Troopers? <laughs> Rico, I can't take another trailer dump. If we could turn around, you have the position until you're dead, or I find somebody better. <laughs> Rico, I need a captain. You're it until you're dead, or I find someone better. <laughs> Michael Ironside, God bless you. <laughs> oh, guys, still kicking and, and acting. You gotta love him. Heck yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of Michael Ironside and Starship Troopers and movies in general, another cool thing is it looks like, guys, we got a green light to bring the Latity Movie Awards back. Uh-huh. Finally, the 11th annual Latity's Movie Awards. <laughs> I don't even. with Peru. I don't even remember how many we've done. I completely pulled 11th out of my butt. Well, I, I, but I think we're one. going with it. We also <laughs> haven't been doing it annually. Yeah, this is true. But, yeah, no, Loudy Movie Awards hey, are back. On. Does that mean we could turn around and do one for the times that we have been out? That's a concept we must ponder. I'm thinking it's been so long since, A, we've done it, and, B, since we even started the whole thing. So much more has come. So much more has come out and been released since. Like we oh could my. even maybe even rehash some old categories. Oh, we're gonna have to. This is just gonna be a granddaddy. One way or the <laughs> other, it's gonna be a granddaddy. The less work for us, the better. Tremendous amounts of progeny. Who can we con into doing this? Oh, I've already made phone calls. Awesome, wise man, wise man. Yeah. Excited about all the new possibilities for categories. You know, so we could do, uh, we could do best Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That now qualifies best Star Wars knockoff. <laughs> that, that's a good one. 
actually. <laughs> there have been That's so Star Wars many. character knockoffs that based a premise on it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to bringing the, the award show back. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of people coming back. Like I said in the beginning, we're going to have some, uh, some old friends and some, uh, some new old friends <laughs> coming back to help us out. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. So guys, listen, it's been fun. I'm glad that we were able to do this. I can't wait for, for what's coming next. I have an idea of a couple of things. I'm going to keep all of you guys in the dark, not just the audience, you guys too. Nice. <laughs> but, <laughs> surprise, surprise. but yeah, no, it's going to be fun, guys. Thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely. Welcome back, brother. And so, I'm super psyched for uh, Oblivion by Oblivion. <laughs> Obliteration. Obliteration. I'm, I'm too excited to even get the name right. Obliteration by Tim Either that Murray. Or you're having a moment that we're worried about. And yes, no, no, I'm just excited. Trust me. Where's my and, Everclear? And yes, everybody remember to pick up a Obliteration available now by by James Murray and his co-writer Darren Wearmouth. Um, it, it, it's going to be a, a, a riot. I can't wait to read it. And so, and I'll you have it, make sure you pick up the two books prior. This is a yeah, trilogy. That is correct. And all of, all of them are available now. Guys, that is going to do it for us. I am Longshot Ken. I'm Big Papa Pete. And you got the old dog down here. <clears throat> all right, guys, for the first time in a long time, loud idiots. Out! <laughs> This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.